Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the hump day edition of the Live with Rank program. Each and every day, I say thank you for listening because I mean it. If you would like to join us today, love to hear from you. 269-441-9595. You can also email me at rank re as an excellent nk at townsquaremedia.com or app chat with us if you have an app of one of the stations you're listening to me on just a number of ways to get in touch with me and the show because it's all about us not just me us that's why you get the chance to call in every single day at 269-441-9595 little program note at the bottom of this hour former speaker of the house here in the state of michigan jace bolger will be on he and detroit mayor mike dugan Dugan, a Democrat, Bolger, a Republican, are uh, teaming up to try to get this new constitutional amendment to our Michigan Constitution to change term limits. Not to end it, but to change it. Currently, Michigan lawmakers can serve three two-year periods in the House and two four-year periods in the Senate, giving them 14 years. This proposed constitutional amendment would reduce the maximum time you can serve from 14 to 12, but you could serve all 12 in the House or all 12 in the Senate. So we'll talk to him. It also adds financial responsibility or transparency, which is currently lacking here in the state of Michigan when it comes to our state house and uh, Senate, and I believe our governor, all elected position. So we'll get into that with Jace today at the bottom of the hour. And then at the top of the 11 o'clock hour, we'll be speaking to Congressman Peter Meyer. Two things. I asked him to come on because he's currently still the congressman for the current 3rd District, which includes Battle Creek. Come January, if he wins his reelection, that 3rd District shrinks up to Grand Rapids and all the way west uh, to the, let me see here. I just dropped, printed off a map. Yeah, all the way west to Lake Michigan. And he no longer will be representing us. Hopefully at that point, Bill Heisinga will be representing us or Fred Upton, one of the two. If Fred's going to run, we should find out probably within the next month. I think they have sometime next month to uh, file. So we'll speak to Peter about the Battle Creek Veterans Administration Medical Center that was just recommended the other day to be closed. A story I broke here in Michigan. And fortunately, very shortly, I believe, if not right now, I don't exactly know the time. The president of Ukraine, Zelensky, is going to be addressing our Congress and he'll be there, I assume, uh, to hear what he has to say. So we'll hear what Peter has to say or Congressman Meyer has to say about that also, as well as what he believes we should do, if anything more, with Ukraine. Because it, uh, it is ugly there. So that's some program notes there. Something I want to talk to you guys about today. And, and I know there are a million stories out there about this. They're just basic, you know, boilerplate plate stories. Yesterday, the Michigan Senate took up the House bill 
5570 to suspend the gas tax from April 1st through September. I think it's six months. And it passed in the Senate. So it passed in the House with, I believe, a handful of Democrats, four, five, maybe, who uh, voted for it. One being Jim Hodsma. Many of you, uh, he is your state rep. Uh, well, yesterday in the Senate, all 22 Republicans voted for it. Two Democrats did it, uh, voted for it. One of them is Sean McCann, who's from the Kalamazoo area, Senator McCann. So he represents many of you in the Senate. And the other is from Livonia, Dana Plachenki. She voted for it. The other 14 Democrats voted against it. So I know there's a million stories out there, and I try not to waste your time. I take a different look at it when I do something that is being reported out there heavily. And I, I think I did here. I posted a piece, Michigan Republicans want to help Michiganders. Democrats vote not to. So as I said, just a, as a large majority of their colleagues in the House, all but two Michigan state senators voted against giving relief to you when it comes to the cost of gasoline. Now, in my piece, you can hook up. I have a hot link to HB 5570. That's the House bill that was passed last week and passed yesterday in the Senate. That bill, if signed by Governor Whitmer, will suspend Michigan's 27.2 cents per gallon tax for six months. By the way, Last week when we were talking about taxes, and I believe that I, I did. I wrote a piece, a fun piece. You should check it out if you haven't already about uh, what the taxes, or excuse me, uh, what the gas cost when you were younger. There was a link to a table that you can type in when you were 16, the year you were 16, and it will tell you what the gas was. Yeah, here it is. Just a couple days ago, what was the cost of gasoline when you were 16? And there's a picture there of regular cost an arm plus cost a leg and super unleaded cost both. Uh, so that's a little fun piece you can check out. But in doing so, I remember one of you emailing or several emailing about me not addressing the 6% sales tax on it. So right now on a ga gallon of gasoline, you're paying 18 cents a gallon for federal tax. And in reality, 33, no, yes, 33.2 cents per gallon when it comes to the state because you're paying the 27.2 cents gallon plus 6%. So we had thought, both uh, several listeners and I, that that was suspended for a period. That 6% sales tax is on there. So think about that, ladies and gentlemen. You're paying 33 plus 18 gives us 43, 51%, 51.2% of your gas price is taxes. 18 cents per gallon plus 27.7, uh, that 18 cents per gallon for federal plus 27.2 cents per gallon for state plus an additional six months six cents sales tax for state. And actually the 6% is on the full price. 
Now, what I'm not sure, and I contacted someone and no one's really able to nail down, are they taxing the tax? I don't think you can legally tax. And that, that's something I was supposed to do and I forgot now. You can legally, can you tax a tax? So is that 6% on top of the 18 cents and the 27.7? So there's a lot of money in taxes when it comes to uh, your gallon of gas. So the Michigan Republicans said we need to deliver help to the people who need it the most. We need to help these people. Gas prices, uh, not only due to Russia, that's just a minor blip. Most of the increase came from prior, and that was the war against gasoline and carbon fuels by Biden, his administration, all elected Democrats and those who voted for them because they knew that was their main plank was to uh, go to war against carbon fuels. <clears throat> so the Michigan Republicans do want to help you. The bill passed 24 to 14. The new bill would suspend the gas tax from April 1st, as I said, through September 30th, so six months. That suspension would be applicable, applicable to gasoline, diesel, and fuel alternatives. Now, here's something interesting that I put out there that you're not going to read in all those other pieces. An analyst from the nonpartisan Senate Fiscal Agency testified to the senators that they believed if passed, Michigan would lose approximately $750 million in tax revenue and save the average Michigan driver $75. Now, that's being reported. It's my uh, discussion on that that's not. Again, an analyst from the nonpartisan Senate Fiscal Agency testified that if passed, this Michigan would lose approximately $750 million in tax revenue and save the average Michigan driver $75 over the six months. Now, listen to what or how I wrote it. Michigan would lose approximately $750 million. Table that. Let's look at the $75 per week. And I just noticed I need to go to break. We'll look at that and the $750 million comment coming up right after this. You're listening to The Live with Rank Show. You're listening to The Live with Rank Show. Appreciate that. Talking about, well, as I said, it's a piece that's being reported all over the place, but I've got a different take on it. Michigan wants, excuse me, Michigan Republicans want to help Michiganders. Democrats vote not to. Pretty clear. And as I was saying, it all had to do with suspending our gas tax for six months to give us some relief. Just as in the House last week and what was voted on, just a few Democrats voted for it, four, five, I think. Yesterday, the Senate passed that House bill. Two Democrats out of 16 voted for it. 14 said no to giving you that relief. Two of them were, the two were Dana Polachenki, I think, of Livonia, and Sean McCann here of Kalamazoo. And I was telling you that a Senate analyst, or what they would call from the Senate Fiscal Agency, an analyst, it's supposed to be a nonpartisan group, testified to the senators that it'll, well, the way I put it, Michigan would lose approximately $750 million in tax revenue and save the average Michigan driver $75 over the six months. Now, table the $750, and I thought to myself, only save the average Michigan driver $75. That sounded low. Now, to save the average Michigan driver only $75 is assuming, because I did the math, the average Michigan driver 
only consumes 11 and a half gallons a week. Now, do you believe the average Michigan driver consumes only 11 and a half gallons per week? Because that's all you could average over the six-month period to save $75. Now, if you assume the average Michigan driver consumes 20 gallons a week, like I believe, the savings would be $130.56. And I show you how I got to that number. Now, I would like to point out that all the other media sources state that it would, quote, cost the state, end quote, $750 million in tax revenue. Remember, I wrote that it would... Uh, the state would lose approximately $750 million in tax revenue because I think words matter. Obviously, that's what I do every day. Words do matter. So why does every single other media outlet put it in the way of it will cost Michigan $750 million in taxes? And the reason I'm pointing that out is because if you do not pay for something, how does it cost you anything, number one? And number two, the state makes no money in which to pay for something. Thus, how does that cost you? They take it from one person to pay another person. Thus, it doesn't cost the state a dime. Now, people may say you're getting really in the weeds there. No, I think it's extremely important that we uh, talk about these things in clear terms because if you start accepting the terms that it costs the state money because they're not taking it from you then you're going to start believing over time that it's the state's money but it's not it's our money the state takes it from us now, this isn't an argument to not pay taxes. We need taxes. We have to pay for some things. The argument is probably, I, and I mean this, no joke, I'm not exaggerating. There's probably 50% of what the state, any state, or the federal government spends, takes from us and spends, that they have no business taking, and it's not part of what the Constitution says they should be doing. But let's put that aside. When the state suspends a tax, it costs them zero because it's our money that they're taking. It's not like they're paying for something with it. They're taking money from you and giving it to them or him or her. So I thought that was interesting and you're not going to read anywhere else. Now, to make matters worse, the bill failed to get enough support from the Democrats to give the law immediate effect if Whitmer were to sign it. See, that means the bill could not become law until January of next week, of next year. Why did I put week? Next year. Any bill to take immediate effect must have two-thirds of the votes in the House and the Senate. This bill would have needed just two more Democrat senators to come forward to help the people of Michigan any way they can and give the bill immediate effect. Now, that is if Governor Whitmer wanted to also help the people of Michigan and sign the bill. She said she's not willing to help the people of Michigan and sign that bill in the past. 
Now, here's a funny part, guys. I like bringing humor to the show. This is very hilarious. After the bill passed in the Senate yesterday, Whitmer's press secretary, Bobby Letty, stated this, quote, Governor Whitmer is ready to take action to immediately, immediately lower cost and put more money back in people's pockets. Unfortunately, the bill that passed the legislature wouldn't even reduce the price of gas until next year at the earliest, end quote. Now, I told you how it passed. There are 22 Republicans in our Michigan State Senate, 16 Democrats. All 22 Republicans voted for it to pass and take immediate effect. Two Democrats voted for it to pass and take immediate effect. 14 Democrats you know, colleagues of Bobby Letty and Governor Whitmer voted not to give people of Michigan help and not to take immediate effect. So I thought the Bob Bobby was hilarious. Has Bobby, does anybody know this guy? Did he used to be a comedian? Quote, Governor Whitmer is ready to take action to immediately lower costs and put more money back in people's pockets. Unfortunately, the bill that passed the legislature wouldn't even reduce the price of gas until next year at its earliest, end quote. I wrote in my piece, I hope Bobby reads this. Sure, Bobby, you say she's ready to, quote, take action to immediately lower costs, end quote. This bill lowers costs within a few weeks and she doesn't, does not support it. Help us understand your logic, please. I also chuckled when Bobby said, quote, unfortunately, the bill that passed the legislature wouldn't even reduce the price of gas until next year at its earliest, end quote. Well, Bobby, you there, Bobby? Okay, wake up. The reason the bill would not reduce the price of gas until next year is that your and Governor Whitmer's party would not vote to give Michiganders relief immediately. Now, as I always tell you guys, never listen to what a politician says and believe them. Always look at how they vote. And in this case, if all the Republicans and two Democrat senators who voted to give Michiganders relief at the pump and 14 Democrats who voted to not give Michiganders relief at the pump, that's what you need to look at the vote. All the Republicans and two Democrat senators said they need relief. We're going to give them a relief immediately. Right now. 14 out of 16 Democrat senators said we are not going to give them immediate relief or relief at all through this bill. So you tell me, who cares about the people and their struggles in life and who does not? Always follow the vote. You can check out that piece at WBCKFM.com. Eventually, it'll be up in the affiliates' websites. Coming up next will be former Speaker of the House, Republican Jace Bolger, to talk about this effort. He has teamed up with Detroit Mayor Mike Dugan, a Democrat, on reducing the number of years people in the state of Michigan can serve it as a state representative from 14 to 12 but giving them the ability to serve it all, if they wish, in one body, the Senate or the House, or eight years in the, Senate, in the House and four years in the Senate, as well as bringing financial response or transparency to the process. You listen live with Rank 
And we'll be right back after this. You're listening to the Live with Rank Show. And as promised, on air with me is former Speaker of the House here in the state of Michigan, Jace Bolger. As I told you, he teamed up with Detroit Mayor Mike Dugan, who is a Democrat, Jace being a Republican. And they are looking to pass a constitutional amendment that will do some changes to the term limits. Before you make a quick decision, let's hear it first as well as bring financial transparency to the uh, the state. And as I said, I wanted to speak to Jace about it last week when we first reported it, and he was on the road, but luckily we'll be able to speak with him today. So good morning and welcome to the Live with Rank show, Jace. Rank, it is so good to be with you. Man, it's been too long. It has been a long time, and uh, I hope you appreciated that song. Well, I, I trust you meant it uh, because maybe I'll stay a little bit longer on your show. Uh, but uh, because this is an ultimate shortening of term limits, but more importantly, it's a strengthening of term limits. Let's back up. You mentioned it's a bipartisan group supporting this. Uh, what is this? It's financial disclosure, not only keeping, but strengthening term limits. And what I appreciate about your show is we can dive into that. But let's start with Mayor Duggan and I come from opposite sides of the political aisle. We come from opposite ends of I-96, him in Detroit and me now in Norton Shores. So we couldn't be any further apart politically or geographically in the state of Michigan. It would be hard. We'd have to go way north to get uh, further apart geographically. Uh, but this isn't about politics. This isn't about elected officials. This is about the people. Uh, by keeping and strengthening term limits, Michigan will have the balance of the citizens' legislature plus the people's voice will be heard by government bureaucracy. I think the people deserve to know where their elected officials stand. They deserve to be sure that their elected officials don't have conflicts of interest. That's the reason for financial disclosure. The hardworking men and women uh, of Michigan uh, deserve to make sure that their voice is heard when they battle the bureaucracy and to make sure they've got a citizen legislature. So ultimately, it'll be up to a vote of the people. Happy to dive into why I say those uh, overarching things that I do, uh, but I think this is good ultimately for the people of Michigan. Well, it, what it's looking to do is currently Michigan senators can serve two terms of four years and Michigan state reps can serve three terms of two years, so a total of 14 years. In this constitutional okay. amendment, what you and others are looking for is to reduce that 14 to 12, but allow them to spend 12 years in the state House or the Senate or however it goes uh, and uh, and bring some financial responsibility. So what, here's a question I have. By yeah. just really shifting things from three terms in the state house to, let's say, six terms in the state house or whatever the numbers work out with the Senate, what, is that, what does that do for anyone? Well, listen, I supported term limits back when it was passed, and I still support term limits. I think there were two unintended consequences, though. And let's talk about me. I, I could r still run for office, so this doesn't increase the ability for me to run for the legislature. But what it, what our current term limits do is it says you can only serve 14 years if you run for another office. What's that create? That creates what we didn't want. We didn't want career politicians. We didn't want people always looking to run for the next office. We wanted them to do the job they were elected to do. So that's that's one important well, thing. Well, if I may interrupt, the, but they're yeah, still going to be running for an office, Jace. It's just their same seat if I, they were to choose so. Another office. But what happens today is you've got people in the House. They just get to the House. 
there's tough votes. We want to rein in government. You want to do whatever somebody would consider is tough uh, with political opposition. By that, I mean, uh, and typically political opposition comes from the, uh, whether it's the bureaucracy or the establishment or those who are pro-government. Uh, but you want to do something that's air quotes tough and people get scared when they're thinking about, well, I'm going to run for, I got to run for the Senate in just two more years. And there's three of my colleagues here in the house that could run for that seat. And so I got to worry about how they're going to vote instead of what's right for the people. So that's what I mean about it incentivizes somebody to look for that next office and it adds the politics of that potential next run instead of saying, listen, I'm going to do the job I was elected to do. And if I'm reelected to the house, I'll be reelected to the house. Now, some of your critics say that uh, potentially doubling the time in the House members can serve from six to 12 years um, is significant, uh, but they would lose the opportunity to run for the Senate, and they believe it's a way of all you, anyone who's for this, of uh, weakening term limits. Yeah, so let me let me talk about one specific, the lead opponent, and I understand he's got a lot of pride in term limits, uh, Patrick Anderson. Um, when I was there, what I found, especially my first term, I was a minority member, freshman member of the legislature, but when your constituents, the citizens, the public, when they've got a dispute, of a, so it's a fight between a taxpayer and a tax collector, a builder and a permitter, a small business owner and a regulator, they turn to their representative to advocate for them. Well, with such tight term limits, uh, that what happens is the bureaucracy knows that they don't have to worry about that legislator. That legislator will come and go. And so what's the ultimate impact of that? The unelected bureaucrats' power is increased and the people's voice is d diminished. So Patrick Anderson was a deputy director of a powerful state department. So it's not a surprise to me that a former unelected bureaucrat wants to leave in place something that empowers the bureaucracy. I think that was an unintended consequence. And so I think this, that's where I say, I think this strengthens and improves. It makes sure that elected officials stay focused on the job they have, not looking for another job to run for. And it increases the, the power of the people's voice when battling the bureaucracy. So that's why I say it strengthens. And went to, hey, you could, it just lengthens and makes them able to serve longer. I'd point out again, if this passed, I could only run for six more years in office in the legislature. If this didn't pass, I could run for eight more years in the legislature. So this does not give me more time. It would give me less time. When you say it's for the betterment of the people, what do you mean by that? Mm -hmm. So these guys, men, women can run, can be 12 years in the House or the Senate as opposed to the breakdown we've been talking about. So several times you yeah. say it's better for the people. How? Yeah. So that battle with the bureaucracy. So again, imagine yourself fighting the Treasury Department over an unfair tax assessment. Imagine yourself fighting for a permit uh, and you've got DEQ on the other side. Imagine yourself with a, uh, a business and you've got DHHS or you've got COVID uh, regulations that you're trying to battle. When that bureaucracy is there and going to be there, they're, they're there for 30 years. They've got a 30 year career. And they looked at me as a freshman minority member of the legislature and I was battling for my constituent on a specific issue. You could just tell they were like, yeah, you, I was here way before you. I'm going to be here way after you. And they just ignored They just tried to run out the clock. Now, that did change when I became speaker. But 
had I maintained, uh, you know, just a, a member of the legislature, I hear and I'm confident that that continues. But what's the offense of that? What's the impact of that? The impact of that is that person, that citizen who is battling the Treasury Department, battling DEQ, battling DHHS. And that's where I say their voice is diminished if their elected official can't represent them. Uh, now, what what happens then? With now, if change? I may, if I may interrupt, I'm, I'm sorry, Jason. Sure, sure. Jace. So, uh, Anytime. by the way, guys, on air with me is Jace Bolger, former Speaker of the House uh, here in the state of Michigan and currently is working with uh, Mayor uh, D- Duggan in Detroit, a Democrat, to and, and others around the state that are looking to change the term limits and financial transparency, which we're going to get into in the next segment. Uh, Jace has been kind enough to give us some more time. Um and now after saying all that, I completely, oh, are, what you're saying is this. They'll look at you and say, you're gone in two, four years. We can wait mm-hmm. you out. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. And, and if this changes, they don't know. I might be there for 10 years. Um, you know, again, I could run for the Senate today and be there for more than 10 years, but they don't, there's a, uh, they're not confident of that. They just won't know. And so they have to take that citizen's complaint more seriously. Uh, that's where I say the citizen's voice is elevated. So, again, how would you directly respond to those who say that this is a way to try to soften up turn limits? I, I didn't get I just saw their quotes. I don't know mm-hmm. why they believe that. I don't know if you know more. They say because a House member could serve 12 instead of six. And I would say, I mean, again, just look at me uh, today. I could serve 14. If this passes, I could only serve 12. Right. That is clear cut today to me a shortening. Um, they say they're not, not every House member goes to the Senate. That's true. But almost every House member looks to run to the Senate and then impacts the work that they do in the House in, I think, unhelpful ways. So, and I think they've got, frankly, pride of authorship. I think they did a good thing with term limits. So I'm not looking to beat them up over term limits. Um, I think they're misleading. I'm trying to say that this is softening or lengthening of term limits. It's no such thing. Uh, but I think they've got a little bit too much pride of authorship and aren't willing to see that, hey, what they did in a good way can be made even better. All right, let me take a quick break and we'll come back and speak to former Speaker of the House of the State House here in the state of Michigan, Jace Bolger. 95.3 WBCK. Good morning, noon, and night. Our news team keeps you informed. Lacey James, Brandon James, Brad Carpenter, and Alex Maddox. 95.3 WBCK. We are Battle Creek. These nights never seem to go to plan. I don't want you to leave. Will you hold my hand? Oh, won't you stay with me? This ain't love, it's clear to see. You're listening to the Live with a Rank program. Thank you very much for that. On air with me is former Speaker of the House here, the state of Michigan, Jace Bolger. He is teaming up with a Democrat, Jace being a Republican. Mike Duggan from Detroit, the mayor of Detroit, and others trying to pass a constitutional amendment. So they're going to be asking for all of you to sign a petition that needs to be submitted by July 11th. So not far from here with 400, live over 425,000 signatures they'll need 
to put this up for a ballot, on the ballot, for a vote. As I said last segment and Jace said, they're looking to reduce the terms or the number of years that politicians can serve in the House or in the Senate from 14 to 12. But you can serve all 12 in one house or break it up however you want, uh, still by the two and four year terms. And he explained his thoughts and their thoughts about why that would help. And he can really wrap that up real quickly because then I want to move on to the second part, which is right now, Michigan and Ohio, excuse me, Idaho are the only states without any form of financial disclosure for lawmakers. So they want to do something about that. So let's welcome back to the Live with Rang show, Jace Bolger. Good morning, Jace. Welcome back. Good. If you want to wrap that up, go ahead. You were saying? You, you bet. Rank, good to stay with you. Yeah. Um, I supported term limits. I still do. I think this proposal keeps and strengthens term limits to make sure that we still have a citizen's legislature so politicians go serve, come home, and have to live with the laws that they pass, uh, but that they focus on the job that they're elected to do, not worry about running for a next or different office. So I think that this, uh, this proposal does that, but as you said, it also adds financial disclosure. Uh, Michigan is one of only two states in the country, Idaho being the other, that doesn't have any form of financial disclosure. And I think the public deserves the confidence that, listen, the best disinfectant is sunshine, is that transparency, letting people know where people have interests so that they avoid conflict. And so I think that that's important. I think people ought to be serving for the, the purpose that they were elected, to represent the people. Uh, to look out for the, the broader, make sure that we've got, uh, um, we're empowering people, look out for people's rights, uh, people's interests, and not one's self-interests. So explain, though, what how it is today. W- what do you mean by there's no financial disclosures? Today, in 48 other states or Congress, you have to disclose your finances to the public, and that's in varying degrees, but at a minimum, at least telling people uh, where you have financial interest, what uh, stock you own, or what, where you have a significant ownership in, whether it's public stock or whether you have ownership in a private company, so that if you're making decisions that impact that industry, that could uh, impact or help yourself, or you won't do something that's right to empower people because you might be, uh, you might be happy with the monopoly uh, that uh, some business has. Uh, then people know that, that they can then judge that, uh, that they've got that clarity. Uh, and so what today, there just is no requirement um, in the state legislature when you're either running for office or while you're serving in office to disclose that to the public. You, you're supposed to disclose that you have a conflict if a vote comes up on the, the floor, uh, but there's no transparency to the public of whether you do or don't. So people would say, well, Jace, you were Speaker of the House. Why didn't you do it earlier when you were Speaker? Yeah, fair question. I don't remember this issue being something that rose up. Uh, we did a lot uh, in my time. Uh, if you remember back then, we had skyrocketing high unemployment, 15%. We had a perpetual budget deficit. We had a tax code I didn't think was fair. So we addressed all of those things. Uh, Those were our priorities. I don't ever remember even discussing financial disclosure um, just because it wasn't an issue at that time. And are you getting any pushback by people who are elected today? Not asking for names, although that would be appreciated, but I get that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, what are you and why? 
Uh, some, uh, some questions. I don't know if it'd be fair to call it pushback. Um, you know, why does it matter? Is it because I already have to disclose that I have a conflict is what they would say. Why is it anybody's business? I own my business. It's hard well, enough look, to run let's for office. At, let, let's yeah. back up. What do you mean they already have to yeah. exp- uh, disclose so that there's a conflict? So if, if a bill comes to the floor of the house uh, and it would include, uh, for example, an appropriation that your business would get, uh, you're supposed to disclose that to the body. So you stand up and you say, hey, I have a conflict of interest on that. This, therefore, I'll be abstaining from a vote on this issue. Um, that's what's supposed to happen. Uh, but broader, if you've got an industry-related thing, you don't have to disclose that. So if it's, as long as it's going to impact the full industry. So if I have a drug company or if I have a beer and wine distributorship or if I have a pharmacy and the bill, as long as it would impact all everybody else in that industry the same, then I don't have to disclose it. But Sometimes there are things that the beer and wine industry, the pharmacy, the you know, name your business, the uh, uh, convenience store might not want. Um, but I don't have to disclose that if it's not impacting my business solely uh, today. Uh, that's how it goes today. This would change. And this, everybody would know, hey, this guy owns a um, convenience store. And so we ought to take that into account when we're evaluating his voting record on regulations that impact convenience stores. All right. So I was correct, was I not, when they're stating that there's going to be a petition circulating? You yes. guys have to July. Yeah, Yo, you 11th. were you were spitting facts. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's uh, we it's got to be a rush. It's got to be uh, July 11th to submit them. Uh, there's only one way to change term limits in Michigan, and that's through the Constitution. There's only one way to change the Constitution, and that's a vote of the people. And so this is a citizen-led uh, petition effort. Uh, as you mentioned, Mayor Duggan and I uh, are doing a lot of interviews, but there are a lot of other people, business and labor, involved in this issue. Ultimately, though, it's going to be up to the people. The people have to decide. Is that why it needs 400 and whatever, 25,000, as opposed to 340,000 for other ballot initiatives, because it's a constitutional issue? Exactly right. Yes, the other initiatives are legislative initiatives, so they go to the legislature. This is a constitutional, so it's got a higher bar. All right, Jace, I appreciate taking out the time from your day to discuss this with us and the listeners. Have a great day. All right, you too, Rank. All right, Take bye. 269-441-9595. Once again, that's 269-441-9595. Lines are now open. What do you think? It sounded rather convincing to me. As an improvement, I went into this, honestly, not one way or the other. As I always say, I'm willing to listen to anybody's proposal or idea. And you should be willing to accept it. Do you? 269-441-9595. One of you wrote, it sounds backwards. Who is serving who? The Treasury Department should be serving legislature and the governor, not the other way around. The process is broken, not so much the terms of service. But don't you think that the fact that you may only, uh, you may be there for 12 years in the House may help, as he stated. And financial transparency, I, as I told you, I always ask the hard questions. You were there, Jace. Why didn't it happen when you were there as the House Speaker? Not just a state rep, but Speaker of the House. And he gave you his answer. You're listening to 
the Live with Rank Show. Appreciate that very, very much. 269-441-9595 is the number if you'd like to get in touch with us today. We'll be right back after this.